This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined by Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert here at The Motley Fool. And he's also the editor of Motley Fool's Rule Your Retirement Newsletter. All of you listeners can probably say that with me now. Hi, bro. How you doing? <laughs> Just great, Allison. How are you? I'm great. Do you know why? Why? Because on today's episode, I'm the expert, and you're the dummy. <laughs> dummy. <laughs> no, I'm always the dummy. Nope, not it's true. It's good for you to be the expert for one. Not true. On today's episode, I'm going to enlist some help to convince Brokamp to finally cancel his cable with an easy, step-by-step guide, including the best tips, tools, and resources gleaned from the many fools who have gone ahead. But first, we'll answer your question about the elusiveness of expense ratios. All that and more on this week's episode of Molly Fool Answers. All right, it's time for Answers Answers, where we head to the mailbag and get answers to your questions. That's a lot of answers in one sentence, but here we go. It comes from Josh. I see the expense ratios of the funds in my Vanguard 401k, but X percent of what? I don't see any fees in my quarterly statement, so I called and asked how much I paid in fees, and they said, well, that is impossible to know. Could you clarify when the fees are paid? Well, hello, Josh, and that's a great question. The expense ratio is the percentage of assets the fund company is going to keep to run the fund. They use it to pay the manager, operation, marketing, annual reports, and stuff like that. It is a percentage of your investment. However, if you invest $10,000 into a fund that has an expense ratio of maybe 1%, for example, that doesn't mean you're going to pay a flat $100 for the upcoming year. You actually don't know how much you're going to pay because the fund is going to go up and down in value. To get a little insight into the logistics of actually how this works, I actually got some insight from the very sharp Greg Haygood of Motley Fool Funds. Essentially, this is I'm going to give you a simplified version. Essentially, every day a proportion of the fund's estimated annual expenses are taken out of the assets every day. So think of it as like the fund company estimates we need this much to cover our expenses. We're going to take 1/365th of that out of the assets of the fund every day. And then they calculate the NAV of the fund, which is the net asset value. That's kind of the share price of a fund. You only get that once a day after the market is closed. And one of the reasons why you can only get that value once a day is because the fund has to do sort of this, all these shenanigans in terms of accounting for expenses and the dividends that come in and the changes in the values of the investments. But not bad shenanigans. No, good shenanigans. Good nanigans. Something like that. Anyways, but so you don't really know how much you're going to pay or how much you did pay, um, but that's how it works. Uh, since you brought up your 401k, Josh, it is also important to know that you could have you could look at Vanguard's website, for example, and see an expense ratio on their fund of 0.2 percent, but then look in your 401k and see expense ratio of 0.5 percent. It's higher. That's because the expenses to run the 401k might be folded into. The 401k, so you can't necessarily rely on what's on like Morningstar or a fund's company site. You have to see what you're actually paying in your 401k. So there's the 401k fee, and then there's also the mutual fund fee. Right, so exactly. So that's why it's more. And there are some expenses that actually aren't in the expense ratio, like if you pay an advisor a commission to buy the fund, and the commissions that the fund company uses to buy and sell the investments. Those are actually aren't in the expense ratio. You have to go to some crazy document to figure out how much. The fund company paid in commissions. Like for the Vanguard 500 in 2014, they paid something like $800,000 in trading commissions, which sounds like a lot of money, but for a fund that's worth $160 billion as it was at the end of 2014, it's kind of negligible. But for smaller funds that are active traders, 
those commissions can get high, and those are not incorporated into the expense ratio. So you're actually paying more than you really thought you were. So when he called Vanguard and they said, "Well, that's impossible to know," they were kind of right. They were kind of right because they don't keep a tally of like that one hundred and that one three hundred sixty fifth of expenses that he was particularly that could be attributed to his investment. You don't really know. It is kind of odd when you think about it. Like you're paying for a product, and you don't know how much you are going to pay. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Cutting the cord. According to Pew Research Center, 24% of all Americans don't subscribe to cable or have like a satellite TV service like Dish TV, Dish Network or something like that. 15% are cord cutters, 9% are I never had it anyway. And what do you think the biggest reason is for getting rid of your cable? Money. Dollar bills. Dollar bills! That's right! It's too expensive! And so, today with me, I have Bo Boland. He is, uh, are you a developer here at The Molly Fool? I am. So, he's a computer coding guy. And he, along with myself, have cut the cord. Basically, we've decided to do without your typical cable service. And so, we're kind of cool and hip. And we want Bro to be cool and hip just like us. So, today, we are going to, together, Try to convince Bro to cut the cable cord. I'm open to it. We can I'm do open it. To it. I think we can do it too. All right. So it turns out the average cable bill is about ninety nine dollars a month. Does that surprise you? No, it doesn't surprise me. And as always, I would like to annualize these things. So it's twelve hundred dollars a year after taxes. You have to earn like sixteen hundred dollars a year to pay for that. So is it worth it? It's I don't a, know. It's a big chunk of change. Well, not only is it a lot of money, it also is a 39% increase from what we were paying for cable back in 2010. Why? What are we getting more of? Exactly! All right, commercials. show's over! We're into it! <laughs> more commercials. I, know, I have Verizon Files, and I know they up, up the amount we pay for regional sports, so maybe I'm getting more high school football than I used to get, but I don't know. All right. Well, like I said, we're cutting the we've cut the cord, and we want you to cut the cord too. And for our listeners, we wanted to help you figure out if cutting the cord is a good decision for you as well. So I've got a delightful five-step process. I think I have confidence in that five-step process. <laughs> the <laughs> way you said that, <laughs> I'm the expert, Robert. All right. No. Yes, I totally agree with whatever it's you say. It's a five-step process, and then we're going to address some of your specific concerns. Um, as well, which you have already kind of let me in on, which allowed us to do our research. Oh, I might have a surprise one. Oh, really? I don't. Right, Bo and I are ready. It, well, you it might. would surprise me, too, if I do. Step number one, make sure that you can't negotiate a better deal with your cable provider before you say sayonara. This actually worked for me for like five years. I've heard it work for a lot of people. You just call up and complain, I'm going to quit, and they'll reduce your rate. Yeah, and then they stop doing that. I think they got on. They caught on to it. We actually even went from Verizon to Cox, and then Verizon was like, "Okay, now we'll give you a better deal." And went back to Verizon within like I don't know three months. It was a lot of sitting around home <laughs> waiting for the cable person, but it was worth it. Yeah. So first step: make sure you can't negotiate a better deal. If you're like me and you have kind of balked one too many times about leaving, <laughs> then it's time for step two. Two: discover what's already floating in the ether. By which I mean what you can catch from an antenna, because you will be surprised. Bo, what tools have you used to figure that out? Indeed, and I, I let you know about a tool that I found that is pretty fitting for this uh, podcast. It's 
tvfool.com. No relation to the Motley Fool. No relation at all. Really? Not even a sister company. Wow. <laughs> it has been used for years for cord cutters and people that just don't have cable to look up what they can get over the air on an antenna. You put in your zip code, it'll pinpoint you on a map, and it'll tell you all the wonderful channels you can get from either a rinky-dinky rabbit ears or one of those big mounted ones on your roof, and it'll tell you what channels you can get. How many channels do you think I get right now, Robert? So my first, whenever I hear about this, I always think, okay, you get ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, mm-hmm. and Weird Al's UHF. Yeah, you do get some weird channels. Well, in the D.C. area, I think Ron and I probably get somewhere between 40 and 50 channels. Holy cow. Yeah. Right? And what's interesting, though, is what you didn't realize is that your, your bro- all of your local broadcast networks actually have a couple different channels. And like PBS, for example, has your regular old PBS, but then we also get like PBS just British shows. So if you want like little old ladies solving mysteries, you got it 24 7 on this channel. It's amazing. It's actually a really weird experience going through. You're used to seeing Channel 9, Channel 10, but now there's Channel 9 1, yep. Channel 9 2, and it's all these specialty. Shoot offs is great. Some of them are a little weird. We do get a channel that's only game shows from the 60s and 70s. So it'll be like watching the, um, like match game and stuff like that, like old, old shows. It remind like that. me of when I stayed home from school as a kid. Hey, it's Bob Barker. Yay. Yeah. And it'll be, there's a channel that only shows like um, sitcoms from the 70s and 80s. So it'll be like Chips and then it'll be Charlie's Angels and then it'll be shows I've never heard of. So if you want to get nostalgic, wow. cutting the cord is definitely I'm for you. I'm sold. But you can also Chips go inter- international. and Charlie's Angels. International. I think one of the most interesting ones I never knew even when I had cable was this MHZ. Megahertz, Megahertz channel, yeah. There's about 10 different channels where you can watch all Russian, all Japanese stuff, all like Romanian. There's all these different sects of, of the uh, different channels you can watch. I've never seen it. It's strange. Yeah. And we're probably spoiled in the Washington, D.C. area for the number of channels that we do get. So that's why it's important to go to Fool TV, or wait, TV Fool. TV Fool. TV Fool.com. <laughs> Again, no relationship to our company. Um, another one, um, the one I used is TabloTV.com, T A B L O TV.com. They sell stuff that you might not need, but it, I thought it was a good resource for finding out what, cha- what um, channels you can get just from an antenna. So you, you do, you, both of you do this? Or you just you yeah. do it? Yeah. Yeah, both. Yeah. And did you like go up on your roof and put an antenna? Or is no, it, like... it stays in your house. I, I went for the super cheap route. I have a 799 Radio Shack bunny ears sitting on top of my... And do you ever TV. have to fiddle with them if it gets a little fuzzy? Occasionally, but I, that's only out of laziness. I, I mean, you could spend a little more money and put something in your attic on your roof. Um, that would be totally nostalgic. Like having yeah. no, 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 no. Just sit there and hold it. Hold it, yeah. Don't Until move. chips don't is move. over. Don't walk in front of the TV. <laughs> don't walk in front of it. I okay. want to know how this one ends. The bad okay. guy might get away this I got, time. I got enough punch. I'm done. You can leave. Uh, we have one that uh, is, is, we found the sweet spot. So we just leave it at the sweet spot. But uh, there are some, uh, a bunch of fools use one that you uh, attaches to your window. It kind of looks like a big sticker and it attaches to your window that they've, they've had a lot of luck with. Got so, it. okay. Step number three. And this is to buy a magical box, which I'm using that to encompass things known as Roku's or Apple TV's or Google Chromecast or Amazon Fire or whatever. Um, at our house, we use an Apple TV, and basically you can access it to watch different apps for different 
television stations and Netflix and other stuff like that. But what do you use? We use a Roku. I also have a Chromecast um, that I can send stuff from my laptop and things like that. And I will say, as a techie myself, the one thing that I see that the reason people aren't switching over to cord, cutting the cord like bro is that maybe it will take a little more technical know-how. There's a million different sources to find things from and a lot of different um, boxes, magic boxes you can get, and it's pretty overwhelming. Yeah, that's and a good an point. IPad, an iPad won't do it, so you, it's the Apple TV. No. Well, so what the Apple TV does is that you connect it to your internet, and then you connect it from your t- internet to your TV, and then you have a little remote, and you use it to watch Netflix, or you use it to watch all the different programs. So you experience it a lot like your DVR box on cable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so um, so like I keep saying Netflix, but there's also, um, again, PBS has their own app, so you can go there and you can watch Downton Abbey. Not for much longer. Um, and so that's helpful. Also with the Apple TV is you can mirror what's on your device. So if you have on your iPad, whatever you're watching on your iPad, you can um, tell your iPad to send whatever you're seeing on your iPad to your television. Oh. Which is kind of nice because there's some stuff that you might have a hard time navigating to on your TV. It's also similar for the Chromecast, is like the Google version of that, where if you have an Android phone or uh, Chrome on your laptop, you can just shoot it over to your TV. So, yeah, and Chromecast and Apple Fire Stick is going to be cheaper than your Apple TV or your Roku. They're going to be like, I don't know, our Apple TV was over 100 bucks, I think. I got a deal with Roku, and we'll talk later about other services, but Sling was practically giving them away when they're trying to get people to sign up for their service. Spoiler, we're going to talk about Sling. Okay, so next one. Step four. Now here's where I make a point, and I say most experts will tell you to do an audit of all of the television programs you watch and to think about like where you're going to get this or that or whatever. But my piece of advice is to just do it. Rip off the Band-Aid and cut your cable, and then as you actually find yourself missing stuff, then start paying for different apps and services and programs. Because otherwise, you're going to end up paying for a lot of stuff that you realize you didn't actually pay money for. That is my advice, too. And I will say, I have a sort of corollary here, is that you know most people, human beings, if you buy a small house, will kind of expand to that space and live in that small house. And if you buy a big house, you'll expand to fit in that space. I feel like TV is the same way. I feel like if you have a gazillion channels on cable and all this junk to watch, that's you're just going to watch it all. And you might want to just rip the Band-Aid off and find what you actually want to find. So Yeah, that's a great metaphor there. <laughs> I knew there was a reason I asked you on. <laughs> all right, but let's do a quick rundown of some of the different services that you can pay for. Netflix, you do pay for Netflix. Right, we do get Netflix, and that works out just fine. It's like 10 bucks a month. Amazon Prime. I have Amazon Prime. I have it for mostly shopping purposes, but we've used it for video as well. It's sort of a bonus. Yeah, we like it because you get all old HBO stuff, which is pretty good. Uh, that's about $8 a month, right? Uh, HBO Now, so if you want HBO just to stand alone, or if you're like us and you only want HBO and Game of Thrones is on, that's $15. Showtime is 11 although I think you can get some deals with other um, programs along with it. CBS All Access, that's another app you can stand alone by, $6. Sling TV, tell us about Sling TV. So Sling TV is 
fairly new. Um, I believe they uh, really started going commercial last summer. Um, they've made a big push for the college football season, which is why I actually picked it up. Um, so it's twenty dollars a month. You connect to it from a variety of devices, one of which is Roku. I think you can get it on Apple TV. No, nah. I think it's on, on iOS, but you probably have to like beam it somehow. Uh, I'm not positive about that. All right. Well, uh, you can get it on a variety of devices. They have it on their website, and basically, it streams live TV. So one of the big things for cord cutters that they're afraid of is sports. I'm a pretty big sports fan, but I'm really limited usually to football. Is all I followed mostly. I'm with you on that one. And so if you're just a one sport kind of person, getting you know cutting the cord is fairly easy. There's a lot of ways to get one sport fairly cheaply, um, and football is one of them. So Sling offers live ESPN and ESPN2, which a lot of people have been afraid of for years for cutting the cord. Um, they offer a variety of other uh, channels like uh, HGTV, Food Network, um, things like that. And the thing is, you have to remember, though, is that it's live TV. And so Sling isn't like your current cable subscription where you can pause it, things like that. Um. So to get a little more techie, you would, if you wanted to pause TV, you'd probably have to buy an additional device or just forego that feature and watch TV like the old days. Yeah, so Sling TV has um, 65 live channels. They do have an on-demand component, I think. Yeah, it's very limited, and I think it's like on sort of replay. So I know a lot of people that talk about cutting the cord is if you need your stuff now or the day it came out, you know, you need to watch that Game of Thrones the day it came out, then it's going to be a little tougher. Right, if you want to talk about around the water cooler. Uh, All right, other options. Hulu, that one shows a lot of television shows. That's $8 or $12 if you want no commercials. And then another option is iTunes, where if you if there's just one show you really want to watch, you can buy the season pass for that show. So, for example, Better Call Saul, season two, twenty four ninety nine. It's a really good show, by the way. So Don't let your kids watch it, but it's a good show. Yeah. So the the, the, thing, the reason why I'm really thinking about this, and it's my wife who's really been encouraging, is because we do have Amazon Prime, we do have Netflix, and we have cable. Yeah. And but then we also started then getting to a point where we're like, oh, we missed that episode of Downton Abbey. Let's pay a dollar ninety nine to watch it on iTunes, and then once you start doing all that, you realize like, you're you're already doing it. You're already like just get rid of the cable. You can already get Downton Abbey for free on Apple TV. It's on demand. Oh. That's how I watch it. Well, there we go. So that was just a rundown of some of the different services. There are many others out there. Um, like Bo was mentioning, for as far as sports goes, MLB. NFL, NBA, and NHL run their own streaming services, and it's typically about 11 a month. The bad news is, is that they tend to lo- block local games. But in theory, you should be able to get those maybe on your local channels or some other option. I uh, just want to throw a plug in there for MLS as well, soccer fans. Do they have their own standalone? Yeah, that's a sport in this country too, you know. <laughs> okay, well, the article I was reading didn't talk, like, again, I don't care about sports ball games. So, sports and the article games. I was reading, I stole that from Day Day. Um, the article I was reading only mentioned these, not MLS. But thank you, thank you, Rick, MLS, for you five fans of soccer out there. Fastest growing sport in the U.S. <laughs> Good for you. And <laughs> 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 going from one to five is very fast growing. That's true. Um, oh, there are more. Oh, there are more there soccer are fans. Dozens of us. Oh, dozens. The thing is, Allison, those jokes were really appropriate and funny about fifteen years ago. It's not true anymore. <laughs> I played soccer okay. for eight years as a kid. That's a great story, bro. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, it has been around for a while. 
in America. I, I did grow up in America. I just want to make that clear. Oh, that's good. Okay. All right. Sorry. Let's move on. So, the final piece of advice, step number five, is to get better hobbies in your life and do other stuff with your time rather than just sitting and watching junky cable television channels. Bo, can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> I will go back I will go back to my metaphor and say, if you have enough junk in your life, you will fill it with junk. I used to get the NFL Sunday ticket, and then it dawned on me, look, when you have that, you just sit there all weekend watching football, and it dawned on me, I'm sitting here paying to watch other people exercise. Maybe I should get up and do some exercise myself. So, yeah, one of the benefits that... Um, some of the fools around the office suggested was that they found that they had other hobbies and interests and they would read books and they would talk to their spouses and they would go to fool.com and learn more about investing. So not only does cutting the cord save you money, it also makes you a more well-rounded, interesting human being. Well, how could I not, not do it right not now? Not guaranteed though, however. <laughs> I can't I can't guarantee that. All right. So that's my five-step process to cutting the cord. If that sounds harmonious to you, dear listeners. I want to tell you that you can do it. It's not that hard. I have faith in you. But but there is a big but here, if you know what I'm bro, saying. Bro, what are your concerns and how can I address them? Uh, well, you, it, my concerns, you've addressed a lot of them already. My concerns were, number one, watching football. But if I get the local stations through this antenna, then really that's enough football for me. to watch. Like, be able to watch one or two games is enough. And the Super Bowl streamed online this right. year for free, so it's moving in that direction. And the other, the other parts of the Olympics, but it, I mean, I, most of that's on the normal network stuff, anyhow. Um, breaking news wasn't was an issue, right? So we just went through Snowzilla or whatever we decided to call the last blizzard. So we we were sitting there watching local news the whole time, seeing whether school's canceled. But apparently, I can get my local as long you as I stand get, there and hold those rabbit ears all day. Yeah, you can I'm get good local go. news. No, you can get local news, and you will get great reception in the DC area. Um, you can also there. CBS has an app that's news all day. It's a 24-hour news app that's free um, that we watch on our Apple TV. And um, yeah, and Sling has CNN and Bloomberg. That's true. Okay, so the big one for me is that we don't pay just for cable. We also pay for internet. I'm with I'm with you on that. Yeah, this is the real. That's the big this one. This is the real bummer. You got the triple play. You play for pay for all those services together, and pulling one out just isn't worth it, right? Right. Well, there's just no, there's just there's just no com- competition in the space. Like where we live, we can either have Comcast provide us with our cable, or I don't. Does DSL still exist? I don't know. Can I get it over a phone? I don't think I want that. Uh, it's probably not fast enough for all this streaming that I'm doing. So there, there, my dear friend Robert Brokamp is the rub. It is very hard to get internet service. However, you have options because you can you have FiOS in your area. I do, yeah. Um, That's so what I run off. So it's still potentially I could save some money. You so could you're say, telling me. Yeah, you have to you have to do you know analysis whether whether you think it's worth it. Is it worth? Yep. Can you only save forty a month doing this? Can you save 50? Is it worth it? I think I'm saving like 70-ish a month. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's almost $1,000 a year. There you go. We're only saving about 40 a month. And the reason why we're saving 40 a month is because they tried to get me in with one of those double play deals where they're like, here, you get some cable channels and you get your internet and it'll be X amount of money. But what you forget is that, oh, and you also have to pay $20 a month for the receiver box. And you also have to pay some r- really fantastic fees, like an HD fee. I don't know why that exists, but it does, and all the fees add up. So we're probably saving about forty a month, assuming that we would already be getting Netflix, Amazon Prime, and all those other ones for our own enjoyment. Right. 
Well, it's still good. I mean, that's almost $500 a year. Yeah. What if, and I've, I've done this with my kids where we say, okay, no more technology for this week. Like nothing, no TV, no phones or anything. And they come up with the most outrageous fun things to do. And I thought, maybe we'll just cut it all. Like, cut it all. Just for like a month or two. And then just reintroduce stuff like the, the antenna. Like, holy cow, wow, now we got 40 <laughs> channels. Chips is on, kids. <laughs> but really, like you would have such an appreciation for it. And then you just sort of layer in what you really do miss. I'm going to have to think about this one. But another thing that a lot of people don't realize is you can get cable back. You can cut the cord and go back. That's, That's the thing. true. Like, They'll always it, take you back. And well, and Netflix and Hulu and all that. Like just cut it all off and see which of them you miss. You do have little. There is little to lose. You know what would happen if we did all that? All we would all then spend every evening like going through YouTube videos. That's what we would do. <laughs> We'd be like, we don't have any TV, no Netflix, no Amazon Prime. What's on YouTube to watch? Videos There's of, actually plenty of funny a lot on YouTube stuff. Videos on YouTube of cats to watch. All right, so. I don't know. Were we successful? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you're going to do it? Oh, Trial totally. run? Yes! I'm the best expert ever! And then when my kids come into the office next time and they say, why do we no longer have televisions in our house? <laughs> I'm going to point to you, too. All right. Bo, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. This has been a helpful conversation, and I'm glad you were um, along to offer some perspective to be my co-expert. I'm glad to help. Fool in the blank. It's our new segment where I ask a room full of planners from Motley Fool Wealth Management, say it with me now, a sister, sister company, company of the Motley Fool. I ask them to fill in the blank. Get it? Fool in the blank. That's fill good. In the blank. That's oh. very funny. Yeah. Anyway. So who we have here is we have Dan Maseka. Pleasure to be here. And we have Max Hacker. Fantastic. And Phil Bedronsky. Hey there. It's tax season, so many of you will be receiving a check from Uncle Sam, and today we've asked our stable of planners to fool in the blank. If you gave me $1,000, blank is what I would do with it. Dan, you want to go first? Uh, I would love to go first. Uh, It doesn't sound very exciting, but I would probably just put $1,000 in savings. Um, Having a little bit extra in your emergency fund, (laughs) never a bad idea. Your your mom may not be listening, so you don't have to (laughs) say that. Yeah, you can be honest. I'd like $1,000 just landed in your lap, and you're like, do-do-do, I'm going to head down to the (laughs) BB&T. It's not BB&T. But if if it weren't to go in savings, I do have a need for a new amplifier, and that would go a long way. But I don't think that's what I would actually do, even though that's what I would love to do. Savings, just purely Savings. savings. Secretly, we admire that, actually. Yeah, I I don't love it, but I don't like myself. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, Max, what's your answer? Uh, If someone dropped $1,000 in your lap, what would you do with it? Yeah, so I think uh, the answer I want to say is that I would go buy lottery tickets and become an instant billionaire, uh, more realistically. And the CFP answer is I think that I would... uh, Invest in the S&P 500 index fund in a Roth IRA, so that tax-free growth over the long term. You wouldn't really go blow it on lottery <laughs> tickets. No, no. The Roth IRA investment. <laughs> All right, Phil, how about you? Um, my answer is similar to Max. I would uh, definitely put it in the equity market. Uh, I would probably just look for a strong, uh, growing company and uh, you know something in the small mid-cap space, something that's going to grow long-term and try to put my bet on that horse. So you'd buy an individual stock. You'd buy would, a company. You'd pro- invest in a company. I would, yeah, I would I would probably buy an individual company. 
Cool. I've heard a rule of thumb once that whenever you get found money, especially if it's a large amount, you should wait to make a big decision, but you should allow yourself to spend a little bit. Like 10%, you can do whatever you want with it, and then maybe be responsible for that other. But you gotta, you got to have some enjoyment. you got to treat yourself. <laughs> Just a little bit. Right? Right. <laughs> so we got an amp here. We got $100 worth of lottery tickets, and we've got $100 worth of what, Phil? Um, Under Armour. Um, Stock or Under Armour? Under Armour clothes. Oh, well, you know, maybe $100 in Under Armour uh, shirt and then uh, the $900 in like Under Armour stock. There like we go. That. Much so, better. So is this found money like you find it on the ground? Like you walk and you find $1,000 on the ground? Yes. Suspicious. Okay. Seriously, though, like what do you do with that? Do you call, I guess you call the police? Oh. <laughs> what oh, do you you're really being, do? like ethically, what are you? Yeah, like what do you do with that? Like. I can tell you from personal experience, my mom has found a tremendous amount of cash on the ground and did call the police, and they held on to it for a while, and no one came for it, and they called her back. Get really? out! Like, how much are we talking? Like, five, it was like $500. Oh, I mean, $500. Not, five, not like a bag of tens <laughs> of dollars. a bag of cash. <laughs> so when someone did a cold drop and your mom just happened yeah. to come in on it and be like, oh, look at this, it's some money. Yeah. Um, $500, that's not bad. It's not bad. And what'd she spend it on? I don't know. Probably you, because she's probably, probably a good mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, in mom. it's in Daniel's savings account. Yeah, yeah she bought right. herself an amp. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank Phil Bedronsky, Dan Maseka, and Max Hacker for fooling in the blank today. That's going to do it for today's show. Our email is answers at fool.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at answerspodcast. I want to thank you guys for answering our listener survey. Next week, I'll be back with some of my favorite responses because there were a bunch more that were very funny. You guys are funny, including a response from my mom. Thanks, mom, for taking our (laughs) survey. (laughs) All right. For Robert Brokamp, I'm Allison Southwick. Stay foolish. Stay foolish.